You know, often we sit and we talk about the things we just discussed. And often we feel they warrant apology. Sometimes that derives from our internal feelings. Other times it's outside sources hearing what we've said and saying, perhaps you should apologize for that. But my question this evening is what are you exactly apologizing for? Welcome to episode 11 on the flip side of that apology. Welcome to the Complicatedly Misunderstood Podcast. Complicatedly Misunderstood Podcast. It's your boy, C.O. Again, I don't even know, hence the title, (laughs) why I keep apologizing when I know that I'm probably going to commit the same offense. That offense being, that that offense being, being inconsistent, not staying on task and making sure I'm getting to this podcast at least once a week. So some time has gapped since the last episode when we're talking about, you know, the toxicity of love. So I appreciate everyone that has listened to that app and given input, whether that's been a, a text message or uh, a DM that you sent me. Um, I appreciate that. It really means a lot. And, you know, I'm going to attempt to recap <laughs> each week, basically, based off of what people may have said or, like I have been doing, things that I missed. And one thing that I missed that is not to be missed when it comes to that toxicity of love is how people can actually care about others more than themselves but not in that not in the sense of being you know unselfish or or being uh what's the other word not unselfish um damn i can't even think of the word sorry but basically what i'm trying to get at is have you ever met a person and i'm not picking on beyonce that cares more about Beyonce's life than seemingly their own. Oh, I'm so happy for her that she's, you know, having another baby and she deserves everything that she gets and this and that and that and this. And sometimes that shit is is kind of wild. Like it's almost cultish. Like, you know, I understand that you have somebody that you admire. I understand that you have somebody that you actually appreciate. But that value system is often and and not just in my opinion, but just often kind of like the lens is not apertured at all. It's just widespread, and sometimes you forget reality. Yes, they need you as fans. You are one of many in this situation. But sometimes I feel like people can fall in love with someone so much, not even in a relationship, that it seemingly they don't even care about themselves in that same light. And, you know, they become... A stan, as Eminem once said, a fanboy, and you name it, you know. So that was something that I 
failed to mention last time we talked, but I definitely had that on my thoughts too. Like you can get carried away in what you support, who your idols are, etc. Even your friends, you can sometimes want more for your friends than yourselves. And a lot of times people find out that they have their own insecurities and they don't believe in themselves in such a way that they don't, you know, produce the same type of love or energy for themselves. And that's something that can become dangerous where people go over the top, you know. So um, that was another thing. Now, um, got to give T's and P's. So it is graduation season. And to all that are graduating, they deserve... Now, I'm not just mentioning or just thinking about the young ones, you know, um, but I'm also talking about, you know, people who have, you know, continued with school and continue to broaden their education well after <laughs> their high school years. And my timeline has just been flooded with birthdays and people that are graduating, you know, with bachelor's degrees, master's degrees, and so on and so forth. And it's cool to see that um, because, honestly, sometimes those things are are left Mm, kind of as as missed opportunities and, I, and what I mean by that is like you know there's a process of things I'm 41 years old so as of tomorrow holy shit I will be a grad I will be graduated high school uh 23 damn years 23 damn I'm literally in that that talk when you're like holy shit we're approaching 25 what is 25 like Cinderella year or whatever the hell kind of year I don't know how to keep up with those years but I can't believe I'm almost out of high school 25 years and so what I'm getting at is folks who didn't go to school right away right who didn't just leave high school and walk into college and then graduate four years after that and so on and so forth you know it becomes like a like a lost thing for them so the fact that so many people I'm seeing that are around my age that have went back to school and now getting those degrees like that's not to be you know left unsaid or or uncelebrated and so for that that applause is there now definitely to the young bulls right young bulls out there and that's male and female all the kids that are graduating you know I got my son who should be graduating here June the 3rd um so that's coming up uh I got a niece um and when I say niece it's one of my best friends so that's how we see family um, but his daughter is graduating this Friday to be exact. Um, and then just so many other kids that are graduating as far as like kids that I've been following because at some point they played football with Ace and they're all over the country. You know, some are in Ohio, some are, some are in Arizona, some are in Nevada. Um, and of course the ones that are here in Texas. And so it's just wild to be like, man, like those kids are grown now. They're all driving or learning to drive preparing for college and some are joining the military and I'm like holy shit these was like babies and so I'm giving lots of praises um to all of those folks <laughs> now what I will say um so I had to take the kid to school yesterday because he had to take a test and so I had to get him there early and it was wild just to see like how kids are bro <laughs> like I got a show that's coming up uh here soon it might be actually scheduled for the next one, it's called The Weird Thing Is, and the weird thing is, these fucking kids are weird, like, really weird, man, like, and I'm saying this, like, lightly, uh, because they are, they are their own people, they are their own generation, but, bro, like, 
they show up to school, man. Folks had on pajamas. <laughs> like I seen a boy. It's uh, some all black Air Force Ones, and he just kind of had that look. Not like he wanted to fight, but like he was just overly excited for like anything that could pop off. He was ready for it. Uh, like it's just it's just wild to see how these kids carry themselves. You know, I usually get on my son, right? Because you have to start with your own. And I look at how his attire is, and often I'm like, bro, what is going on? Like, there's always sweats. There's always a hoodie. You know, like, or there's just, like, this random thrown-on T-shirt, not ironed. And honestly, like, my wife has told me this. You know, friends have told me this. Like, this is just a generation. And I can't get with it. Like, what the fuck is going on in these schools, man? Like, I don't know. Perhaps maybe I'm overthinking it. And I know we did some wild shit, too. Early 2000s, right? My my senior year, everything was way too big for all of us. Like, you know, I never was in the super, super tall tees because I'm short, right? But, yeah, I had boys my height or shorter with the 4X tees to the knees, right? You know, your pants are super big. Like, jerseys, if you got them, they look like, you know, weighted blankets. Like, I get it. It was a wild time to be alive, too, right? <laughs> but at the same token, we at least look clean. Like, some of these kids don't even look clean. I'm like, bro, you just rolled out of bed. Pajamas? How is that acceptable? I know schools have dress codes, and of course he doesn't go to a school that has, like, you know, you have to wear a uniform or some such like that. But how the fuck are you able to get through a, a child? And I'm going to call him a child. But how are you able to get through to a young adult, I should say that, when they look this way? Like, they don't give a shit about what's going on, in my opinion. They all get to walk around with headphones on. They all got devices I'm just like, it's got to be the most stressful thing to be a teacher of teenagers in high school these days. Like, there's there's no way you have their undivided attention. There's no way. And so, yeah, man, to me, it just looks like a big social club. So as he was getting out the car, I was like, well, maybe I should relinquish some of this smoke <laughs> I'll be giving him. Because everybody looks this way. And because I want him to look another way and, and, and carry himself a different way doesn't mean that appeals to what his generation is doing. So I guess my parents had to watch me wear two big-ass clothes, and we just got to watch these kids get out of bed and brush their teeth and head out the door. I don't fucking know. It's a wild time to be alive. So, uh, yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> but I guess now, because I learned a new term, I ain't going to hold you, right? Don't really know what that means, but I guess I should say that because I don't want to be on the pod that long today. Um, so I ain't going to hold you. But uh, we could just jump right into the conversation. And the conversation is on the flip side of that apology. Now, I have been a person over the course of my life that has, without a doubt, had more reasons to apologize than I should probably have, right? In my 41 years, I have definitely done things that have made somebody feel uncomfortable, uh, or maybe rubbed them the wrong way, been uh, brash at times, you name it. And so, not even that long ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine in which my input or my thought process behind the topic made her feel as if I was, no kidding, no kidding, attacking the person that she was at her core, 
Now, amidst the conversation, um, I'm not understanding that. Because we're just talking about how a situation that we've both been in appeals differently to us, right? So, I, what I and I'm not going to get too in-depth with the conversation, but I'll simply state, you know what I mean, like, something along the lines that healing, in my opinion, I said the wrong thing, but I said healing isn't real. And what I really meant is healing isn't permanent. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I was using references and analogies that, in a... <laughs> most part probably were targeted and they weren't meant to be. But after I can kind of replay some of the stuff I said, I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? I can see how I could have said that and she can definitely take it the way she took it. And the problem with that is right. Initially an apology is driven upon. And again, my opinion is driven upon the action or reaction of someone So if I'm saying things and immediately I feel or sense that I'm hurting someone and the conversation just keeps progressing, keeps progressing, keeps progressing till it gets to the point where it's over and both sides are, you know, at a pass and, you know, it's like communication has ceased. Usually at some point there's going to be something that's pricking at you to be like, all right, you know what? Review what you said. How was it said? I'm sorry. My question becomes, what are you actually apologizing for? Because here's where I'm going with this. There's a lot of times where I feel we apologize to someone's emotion. And so what's lost in that apology is the fact that we still, for the most part, mean everything that we say. We still wouldn't change our position if asked. Yeah, our delivery was maybe off. But a lot of times the apology that is, that is warranted from that individual is one that's saying, I recant what I have said. And sometimes I believe that's given falsely for lack of further disagreement or further, you know, detriment to the relationship. And over time, those are counted like points. And what ends up happening is the, the situation or the, the relationship erodes because people are afraid to be truthful. And you find yourself rehashing something that you've already apologized for. But this time, when you're expressing why you're bringing that back up, you're actually telling the truth about what you lied about in that apology. You know, I feel like, and I don't want to be too direct here, but I feel like sometimes we become accountable for the people that we care about. And I mean this. And we will relinquish our truth to not hurt their feelings, which is still detrimental to the relationship because we're not being honest. Like it, but what's difficult to really explain is how people can adapt to disagreement, right? Like, cause I agree to disagree is by far one of the worst phrases for me. I cannot stand that one. I think at one point in my life, that was maybe something I used a lot <laughs> because I've always been so complicated. And so it just kind of stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, well, that's just the catchphrase to catch all. But as I've matured and I've grown, I'm like, nah, man, that's not okay because I'm not trying to win an argument. An argumentative person wants to win an argument. 
And I've been that person. I mean, I'm a Taurus. I'm stubborn. But sometimes I don't get the credit for my evolution. Notice I said evolution, not growth. Evolution and growth are different for me. But that's a whole different pop. That's a whole different podcast. Yes, maybe at one point I wanted to win an argument with no value, like who's the better basketball player, Jordan or LeBron. Maybe at one point I wanted to win an argument about why, you know, Nike is the best shoe ever created, or you name it. Just something that is very menial and doesn't really have too much value, which then turns into that's a way of life for me, argumentative, always wanting to win, and so now that transitions to more important things. This is the way I parent. This is the way I choose to live my life. This is the way I do this, and this is the way I do that. And you can just carry that to wherever you want to. But I've realized how much nonsense I used as value to carry me through life. And I've called myself on it, wrote a book about it, <laughs> kind of like on a living color, like wrote a song about it, wrote a book about it, where I've called all of my bullshit to question. And I was like, there's really no reason for me to have such a direct viewpoint of something based on something that happened years prior and I've just cho- I've just chosen not to reflect and 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 do something about it. And so for that, I realized, okay, I need to really start valuing what's being said, how it's being said, and ensuring that conversations are had in a way that I'm not afraid to speak what I need to say for future reasoning of it coming back up. And not in a negative way, or not in a way where it's like, you know, I've had that conversation, I'm not having it again. Some people are like that. Like, why are we keep talking about this? We've already talked about it. I'm more so saying, like, let's make sure we're both clear, right? Let's make sure we both hear one another. I mean, one thing that we coined on C on the Doctor when me and Proc did that show was let conversation influence you. The point of that is not to change what you think or believe, but the influence is I'm hearing what you're saying. And so I can understand how you got to that point. I understand your influence in this conversation. This derives from this, that, and the other, you know, you learn something at some point in your life that made you see it this way. So, in a lot of reasons, in a lot of ways, I'm understanding your influence. It doesn't change my position. Now, going back to the apology portion of this whole thing, that's where it goes away from me because I know I've given a lot of false apologies. And before I had the opportunity to apologize and that situation that I told you about to start this conversation, I took time to reflect. Weeks, to be exact, because I did not want to give a false apology because I was not truly apologizing in my opinion in the way that maybe that person was wanting me to so my apology had to be based on the characteristics of my thoughts not just a blind you know what I'm sorry for that it got out of control whatever I feel like once we say our first apology and it's accepted that becomes the course for every other apology we're going to give or receive. It's just kind of like it's something that's learned. And so I think a lot of times we say too many apologies because <laughs> we're not actually trying to get 
the truth out of what we're saying when we say it. And so frustration happens. Emotions get crazy. People get carried away. You say the wrong shit. And now the apology is really for saying the wrong shit that's an emotion, which that's probably okay. But at the same token, am I really apologizing or are you really want me to apologize for the, the no kidding discourse? Like what were we actually talking about? The subject matter. And if that's the case, then maybe you need to understand that I don't feel that warrants an apology. And here's why. And so I think that's something that's way more complicated and complex than just I'm sorry. It requires you to really lock in on what's happening. You know what I mean? Like another complete example of this, and it's way left field, and it's, it's ongoing right now. DJ Envy and Rick Ross. At first, they just shooting jabs at one another. You know, they're, they're, they're making puns. They're being funny. Envy's coming on there as a, as a, as a uh, what'd you call it, a, night, a nightstick cop. You know what I mean? And, you know, Rick Ross is making fun of DJ Envy, calling him, you know, a, a terrible DJ and his, all this shit. And then I heard last that now Ross has taken it to the level of including Envy's wife. And now what has happened, right? So... Something that started out is just, hey, like two men just kind of going back and forth, talking a little shit. It's kind of fun and games. Maybe we really do mean more than what we're putting off, but right now we really can't tell. The temperature ain't really telling us. And then you bring somebody's wife in it, and it's like, oh, shit. So then that probably warrants something more, but I'm not ready to do that. So it gets uglier. We've seen this shit with Kanye and Drake. We've seen this shit with uh, Drake and Pusha T. We've seen this shit with 50 Cent and everybody. <laughs> like, And all I'm saying is, you know, what's going to be missed if there's apology ever served is we'll hear their apology for maybe the comments that brought in the wife. But if there was something that really initially started this whole thing, did it warrant apology? Maybe, maybe not. But is that what's actually being apologized for? Not at all. And when we think about our own lives and our own daily interactions with the people that we care about, people that we work with, uh, people that we meet just in passing, where are we, <laughs> when we do what we do, we are probably living in that moment and we're not taking a chance to stop and think about what's too much. You just go to the gusto and then maybe you have a conversation with somebody else and they hear you out and they're like, yeah, I don't know, big dog. Maybe that was a little too rough or maybe you you know your point of view was a little you know shaded or a little gray and though it's yours maybe the apology that's needed is my point of view much different than yours has made you feel a certain way which I'm not directly apologizing for but I'm apologizing for making you feel as if what I'm saying is the only way and what you're saying has no measure I think that's the the base of it you know, and I, and I don't know how far that goes, right? Like, I would have to be talking to somebody in this room right now where we're just constantly throwing examples and rebuttals at one another. But but the concept or the idea of that apology, like, what's really on the flip side of it? You know what I'm saying? Because if a person is a very emotional person and, and immediately um, what's being said hurts them, does that change your position? Often it doesn't, but your delivery or something else that's really 
surface base, you know, aesthetic, you know, that's what we're apologizing for. But maybe what's really <laughs> conflicting them is the fact that you don't agree with them. And though that's nothing to apologize for, that's actually what they're asking for. And so when you say, I'm sorry, though you may get some explanation, they could take that as, okay, he really is or she really is retracting what they said in that conversation, and now we're good. And that could be, and that's probably not even could be, that's probably so far from the truth. But, hey, that person doesn't know that unless you're being truthful with that. And hence, when people was like, you know, sometimes people talk about apologies, like that are given. Somebody will say the wrong thing. I'll take the Oakland A's guy. You know, he said the wrong shit, right? They were in Kansas City, and he was like, yo, we just visited the blank N-word museum. It's the Negro Museum, but he didn't call it that. He called it the Hard R Museum. And they came back from that uh, commercial break, and he apologized for it. And he said, hey, it came out wrong, blah, blah, blah. Then he issued another written apology. And it's been some time since this happened, a couple weeks. And I read today that they, you know, let him go. And he basically had a rebuttal to that, like, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to sum it up. Um, but he was basically stating, like, there's no room for second chances or some shit like that. And the idea behind all of that is, like, well, he issued an apology, right? Yes, he did. And I can't say whether or not that slipped out or if that's actually his internal thoughts or what. But that's one of those things you can't actually come back from. And I think that that's where he needs to understand that even issuing an apology may not put him back in the saving graces because we're just past that time. Bro. Like, it's 2023. Cancel culture is real, and though that's something we shouldn't fear, it would be absolutely fucking... <laughs> missed if we're not being honest with how that works you put your foot in your mouth like that and and i know my boy adrian like though we've been going back and forth shout out to the i respectfully disagreed great name for his podcast by the way because we disagree on a lot of shit but it's all respect but um he was talking on his last pod with his father about the job morant situation and how certain things may not be able to come back from despite sorries or despite you know age young youthful whatever young and dumb sometimes certain things are not going to be able to be surmounted and in that situation right not talking about job but talking about the, the announcer yeah bro you said you said a word that's yeah man that that's a barred word right especially to use so freely and open on public air like this is a national broadcast so i can only imagine if i was watching this live i'm not the type of person who hears that word and realize well that person's not my skin color and then it turns into more than what it was but the whole idea of yo you shit bro like what how did we get there <laughs> like that's more so what my mind did like because it's just a common thought in my mind that it's common practice that that word is probably used loosely amongst all. And I know that, you know, in our culture, it can be kind of our word, but I would be a fool to say that I don't think that word is being used by other people that are not black. But to hear it live, like imagine last night watching the Lakers game and Mike Breen said something crazy like that. Like, 
I can't believe that N-word just hit the shot. Mark Jackson and Van Gundy would have turned fucking stone-faced. Like, what? So that's kind of where I'm coming from. So, again, he apologized, and maybe it was sincere. But it's not always going to be met with that same you know, reception. Hence, when we're doing it, you know, in our own local life, I shouldn't say local, but our own lives, um, we have to ensure that that person realizes what the apology is actually for. It's like having a receipt or order form. Like, hey, this is what you ordered. However, this is what I'm providing. And is there somewhere we can meet in the middle? Because if I'm apologizing for exactly what you feel I should apologize for and I don't agree to that, then whatever I'm serving you is not going to meet the intent. And I guarantee you at some point it's going to become another cause of an issue. And living a life of constant sorries, is that a good thing? I mean, it shows that you maybe have manners. It shows that you maybe have, you know, um, some accountability and those type of things. But a constant life of sorry. I'm sorry. Let's say you're talking to your spouse. I'm sorry, babe. I fucked up again. Let's say you're talking to, you know, a coworker or your boss. Hey, I'm sorry, sir, ma'am. Yeah, I'm I'm keep fucking up, but I apologize. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Like, that's not a good thing in my opinion. And so to kind of bring all of this together, I just think that we need to understand the purpose of each individual apology. Versus saying a blanket statement of apology or of apologize. Your feelings being hurt is usually the result of disagreement. Now, unless there's a whole bunch of things that are fact-based that somebody's just spouting off and saying complete left-field stuff, that's a whole different conversation. But if your feelings just get, in, get hurt, or let's say you open up yourself to a form and multiple people are on your head because you're saying something that they don't agree with. And now you feel attacked and you feel like people should apologize. Is that more emotional than the truth in whatever the discussion was? And so you have to ensure that as the person who's feeling like the victim, you need to be honest too. Perhaps we do disagree. Hell, perhaps I misspoke or perhaps whatever. But you didn't have to say X, Y, Z like that. And so the apology that I feel is warranted is maybe the disrespect I may have felt. But the positions that we disagree upon, whether I'm right, you're wrong, or this is just all opinion-based, those still are remained to be the same, or at least they should be. But sometimes people carry themselves in a way that's really unreasonable. And they think you should have to retract statements. That happens a lot in the public eye. You know, p- politicians often put their foot in their mouths. Yes. But there's times where I feel they don't. They just disagree with whomever. And maybe in that public spectacle, they went a little too hard in the paint. And now somebody's emotionally dis- detached. There was something that happened. Don't quote me on the state. I don't know. But um, basically, somebody that was a Republican was out there speaking to the people. And there was a liberal in the audience who disagreed with what they were saying. And basically, 
was trying to call them to action about something. And the Republican walks from behind the podium is like, nope, that's it, you're done, and engages the person. So when I first watched the video, I was like, wait, was this somebody's security guard or what? And like, no, I kept watching it, read some more of the, the comments and watched it again. I was like, no, that's the actual person that holds whatever office, removed themselves from the podium, grabbed the person, is like, nope, you're done. So I would love to see the outcome of this, <laughs> right? Because there's going to be an apology somewhere, and it's going to come from the, the the person that's the public figure. So are they, what are they going to apologize for? Like their actions, like I shouldn't have grabbed them and touched them or whatever. Or are they going to really apologize for not being able to handle somebody's uh, difference of opinion, right? And maybe that he, because it was a man, he felt targeted and this was his forum, his stage, he tried to remove this person in a general audience where, hey, if you put yourself out there, anybody can come and speak and listen and say whatever. But you took it upon yourself to put hands on that person and say, nope, you're done, and tried to remove them from your area. That's going to be interesting. Hoping to see what happens with that. But the moral of the story is I would love to understand what that apology is going to be about because he's going to be asked to issue one. But where is it going to come from? Right. And we hear that all the time. And so, again, sticking with our, you know, normal day to day operations in our family, our spouses, our children, um, our bosses, our coworkers. Like when we have a disagreement or we get to a point where something warrants an apology, I would love for people just to think about the mind frame of the apology and be honest. Both sides. Tell me what you feel I should apologize for. Right. That doesn't make it not genuine. That doesn't make it, you know, not sincere. But tell me why you feel I should apologize, not to challenge each other. But what am I truly apologizing for? Then once I understand that, I feel that I then have the ability to then speak on. Okay, that is fair. Or, you know what? I don't feel that that is fair because of this reason. Now. I can apologize for this, that, and the other, but I'm going to keep my position because that's who I am, just as you should keep yours. So the question becomes, if I was first to say I'm offended or I'm the first to say, hey, I want an apology for that, now everything you said should be retracted because I feel that way. If that's the case, if that's the way we're living, nobody's being honest, nobody's telling the truth, and we're only appeasing one another versus actually getting to understand one another. There's a lot of appeasement in marriages. People say things like, you got to know when to pick your battles. I have never agreed with that, though I've used that frequently. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't know if I really understand that. Because it's not that I want to just be full of conflict or fewer or, or full of just argumentative fucking energy. But I feel like sometimes some of this shit is core value important shit. And because I don't want to engage in a conversation that makes people uncomfortable, I'll just not be truthful on my end and hopefully one day we'll figure it out. No, man, that's probably going to lead to disaster because we can't like, especially when it's something that's, that's like really real. Let's just talk about like if it's, and I'm not going to talk about this to carry on its own segment, but let's, let's put ourselves in a marriage with uh, children and we're talking about parenting styles. We're talking about discipline measures, right? We're talking about 
acceptance of, you know, what we're going to put out there as this is okay for our kids, this is not okay. And what we're going to have to do at that point is, in a lot of ways, go over how we were raised, talk about how we were parented, talk about the things that were accepted or not accepted, and talk about whether those things were reasonable or unreasonable, and then create a mixture of both of our styles and understandings to best parent our children. That could be a tough-ass conversation because sometimes it's easier just for shit to just organically happen, and then we figure it out until somebody realizes, like, no, that don't work for me. Especially if you're in a situation where maybe you're a step-parent. You know, and this is not to you know, roll out a lot of shit in my life, but both me and my wife are step parents and we had to learn each other's styles and we have not always agreed. And that was something that for a minute was a point of contention. And so a lot of times one of us would fold our hand because we understood what may need to be said (laughs) was going to cause frustration or anger actually towards the other but now we're not even telling each other our truth we're just trying to let it play out and see what happens and we might allude to something which then ultimately starts the fucking barking and before you know it we're fucking in an uproar and everything that was actually the issue is turned into a lot more but there's an apology to be had somewhere and when it does The question becomes, what was actually the apology for? And lower, because we've had many of those, I can't honestly tell you that all of them have been 100% about what the other felt it should have been about. But at least somebody said sorry, and for that, we can move on, though nothing's resolved. That's kind of where this shit goes for me, right? It really does. And that's just kind of where I am on this topic. And I would love to hear what you feel about it, right? Whether that's a DM, whether that's a message underneath the post once I drop it, whether that's a phone call, whatever. But no matter how this goes, (laughs) right, um, I would just ask or I would just question, how many times have you said an apology to make things right, to make things better, knowing Not that you didn't mean the apology, but really knowing that that apology did not meet that other person's intent, and you know that, but maybe they don't know that, and rather than actually talk about that, you just let it ride. And then how many things are actually connected? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the wild thing, right? Like, something that comes up later, you know, it could be as, as soon as a week, um, as long as a year, I don't fucking know how many things are actually tangled up and, and they actually come together. And it's like, wasn't that a situation that we dealt with X amount of time ago? And the question is, yes. And didn't we move past that? And there was apologies to be had and all that. And the question is still, yes. But now the reason that we're here is because none of that was really dr- driven based on how you saw it and based on why I said it. Or vice versa. And for that, (laughs) it's only complicated at its worst. (laughs) But I really believe it's something that we need to dive into. Just to help one another establish 
what it is that we're trying to get across. And sometimes conversation is difficult. Sometimes you're just spinning in a circle. Like when you're trying to log onto a website and you got poor Wi-Fi. And I get how frustrating that is or how frustrating that is. But then this has, there has to be an importance, I think, associated with what you're trying to get across. Because if this is somebody you share, share your life with, or this is someone that you work with, basically if this is someone is going to be in your life at a steady clip, how many times has, a, have a, has one bad situation, one disagreement put people in? Two completely different spaces with all this fucking emptiness in between and they never come back. Based off some shit that's really fucking menial, but we just see it so differently and I don't want to engage in that and we said these fake sorry ass soft apologies and we're just going to leave it at that. That ain't real, man. And we're starting to have to deal with this more often in the military. Like, the whole idea behind having tough conversations that need to be had is something that's being promoted and I'm here for it but there's still a lot of people who are conditioned that are not ready for it and hence tons of false apologies are happening at a fucking tremendous clip (laughs) and I'm off my soapbox but yo while I got you please continue to, to listen download Follow the pages. I don't do YouTube. I don't know if this will ever evolve. Well, I won't even say ever. Currently, this has not evolved to YouTube. Okay? So I don't know if I ever get that to be able to be like subscribe and, you know, share the page. But for the the podcast page on Facebook and the, and the podcast page on Instagram, please follow that. Share that with somebody. You know, push the message. Um, remain plugged in. Plug all the indie podcasts. And when I say indie, I'm not talking about my hometown of Indiana, but I'm talking about all the independents, right? So I respectfully disagree. My therapist made me do it. I hope that we have time. We're supposed to link me and Rio because he's down here in my city. So I'm hoping that we get a time so he can come over to my studio and we can talk about something. Looking forward to that, Rio. Uh, we've got a couple more weeks uh, before you get out of here, so hopefully we can make some shape. Um... And yeah, man, just keep supporting and sharing people's shit and the whole nine. Rick Ross said something, too. I know I mentioned him a lot, but he had made a viral video. It was like, whatever my people own, I'm on. And it's just a blanket statement, right? Like, because the idea is if if they're your people, whatever that means to you, why are you not supporting them? Right? Like, it doesn't it doesn't have to be something that you're completely engaged in like them. That's not the point. But it's something as simple as a like or a share or a follow does nothing for you, right? Like, oh, I'm saying does not, in my opinion, harm you in any kind of way. So the blind support is really good. But the support that that we actually need is kind of going with the times, right? Like if it's if it's a subscribe and a click, subscribe and click. That's what we need, right? That's how you get the message louder. As one person, there's only so much you can say. Right. There's only so many people that you're going to run into daily. And so that's why people have merch. That's why people promote themselves with business cards and so on and so forth. But it takes a village and we need the village to support. So keep supporting the indie pods. Um, I want to see everybody do good and do well. And everybody has a message. If you're in their circle, 
even if you don't listen every week, you can blind share because <laughs> you follow. Hey, if you want to talk this, that, and this, this my guy. Follow blind share. I've done it so many times. That's how I got put on with I respectfully disagree. Me and Adrian have never met, um, but it was a mutual thing, and he was doing some stuff, and Mario was was uh, supporting him and pushing his match. I was like, let me give him a try. What's the worst, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And uh, here we are. I've been following him now for like six months. He got great content. I love it. <laughs> Plus, we like to disagree on shit, and I love that too. So uh, shout out to Adrian. All right, man. And so until the next one, thank you again. It's your boy, CO. I'm out. Wow, 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 wow.